Hello, cosmic beings in human form. Welcome to the Oracles of Ancient Truth podcast, a cosmic radio show jam-packed with downloads and transmissions and activations to help you awaken to your highest self. We are your starseed hosts. I'm Caitlin Jones. And I'm Sam Lauer. Buckle up and settle in for the ride. It's going to be a trip. Hey everyone, thanks for listening today. So I'm here with Sam. Hello everyone, welcome back to this episode. And another Sam. (laughs) Hi. And this should be fun because there's two Sams. And this is the Sam that you've heard me talk about a lot before in episodes if you've listened to them. She's finally here! (laughs) So thank you for being here today. Thank you. I'm so excited. So just tell us like some things, your favorite things about yourself real quick. (laughs) Okay. Well, I am Sam and I have a platform, Instagram, blog, whatever you want to call it, called The Healthful Hippie. Um, So basically some of my favorite things, a little elevator pitch about myself. I love holistic wellness, Ayurveda, plant medicine, adaptogens, human design, astrology, all of that. I love healthy eating um, and just anything that has to do with healthy lifestyle. And I'm so excited to be here with my dearest friends Mm -hmm. because we have these conversations all the time and they're so mind expanding and beautiful and amazing. So we're finally getting on together to talk a little bit and (laughs) you know share that good energy with the world yes such a good way to put it you're so right we do have these conversations so often and it's such a blessing to finally be able to share some of it um i'm gonna hijack the conversation for a second this is other sam your host (laughs) in case you can't tell between the voices i know it's hard on a podcast um i'm gonna give our guest a brief astrology reading so that she can maybe learn some stuff about herself and then also so you listeners can see how her work in the world overlaps with her purpose. So Sam is a Pisces with an ascending Gemini and a moon in Capricorn and all together this makes with the sun in Pisces it's a very sensitive placement It can be extremely intuitive and perceptive and very dreamy. And Sam definitely carries with her this dreamy sort of ethereal fairy mermaid vibe at all times. (laughs) And it's funny too, because your son is in the 10th house, which is your, the house of public image. Uh, So there's also the idea that everyone does really perceive this dreaminess about you. That sun in Pisces energy is also what will contribute to your fame if and when you rise to that because having sun in the 10th house indicates that there is potential for that in your design and you also have your mercury and venus in pisces next to your sun all in the 10th house so it gives us this sense that the beautiful things you speak are what will attract that fame and You've got that moon in Capricorn, which is an interesting placement. Um, Capricorn is an earth sign, so it is actually feminine in orientation. And the moon being what it is, this psychic and cyclical presence, is definitely feminine in orientation. To have those alignments match basically gives you another boost of psychic energy into your chart. And I know that in human design, you're also a projector. 
So there's this sense that all of the things that people project into the world and want to be true, you're really sensitive to that. And as a projector, you're sensitive to pick up those projections, but as someone with a moon in Capricorn, that could shut you down emotionally to the world. But I have the sense that in your experience, you've evolved beyond that pain and that fear to a place where you feel the projections and you feel maybe that they are coming on to you, but you're not shutting down, you're receiving and you're expanding and you're learning through that to develop and hone this new system that's taking place on the inside. Mm -hmm. So that I think is probably something you're working into right now. Yes, definitely. That's what's up. Yeah. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. And just to follow that, I had a chart reading done by Sam and it was this beautiful, extensive, just incredible piece of writing. Because Sam is such a talented and gifted writer and just so intelligent. But I felt personally attacked the entire time that I was reading it. And Sam knows me better than myself. Um, <laughs> or should I say the stars? They do. Just so, I mean, everything is just so incredibly accurate and it's just so beautiful to have that knowledge about yourself because I feel like astrology for me kind of granted me that permission to be my fullest self the self that you know I knew these things about myself but I didn't have the vocabulary around it and I didn't necessarily understand, like, why am I this way? Or why do I tend towards this? Or why am I not like this person? And, like, just learning about astrology and human design and all these different modalities of coming closer to yourself has helped me step into who I am in the truest sense. And just to laugh a little bit at my true... Piscean nature. I was an hour and 10 minutes late to this <laughs> podcast oh recording. Because of a dream. Because of a you. dream. And because I don't know how to live in reality. <laughs> and I'm constantly like, time doesn't exist and I can't grasp real people things sometimes. Um, and Aww. it is a blessing and a curse. So... <laughs> Get your chart read by Sam. It oh is my gosh. The fucking truth. <laughs> wow, thank oh you. Oh my god. <laughs> that is hilarious. I love how you call yourself out on these things. You have to. Yeah, you have to laugh about it. Yeah. You have to be able to see the bigger picture. Totally. I'm so blessed to know that you feel like you can step into your higher self now with that information. Oh my gosh, totally. That's what's up. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yes. So thank you. But I also want to share one more thing with our listeners about your chart because this is, I have totally changed the way I do readings since I read this in you, but now I'm always looking for a planet that's either on the line of the ascending house or the descending house. So the line that marks the start of your first house or the start of your seventh house, if there are any planets around there, um, they're really significant in who you are. Um, and Sam has Pluto descending. Pluto in the sixth house right before the cusp to the seventh house and what this means for Sam is that she is really attracted to beautiful things that are not what they seem and given her ascending Gemini which can be very attracted to how things seem 
this Pluto descending is just like, okay, I see you. You like the shiny things, but I'm going to make sure you like the right shiny things. Mm. So yeah, there's this sense that you attract friends and lovers who love deeply and who want to shake things up and change the world. I love that. Yeah, it's magical. <laughs> I love that. It's, yeah. And I so see that in you too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is so beautiful. It's so fun to see those things. Yeah. And, um, Kate, once this is over, I want to peep your chart again to see those planets. But, yeah, uh -oh. it's, it's always <laughs> so fun to look at. Yeah, just like the, the littlest things that can really ring true and resonate. It is just absolutely magic. Yeah. It really is. So thank you. Your middle name Thanks. is magic. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, it's actually Lucy, but <laughs> that is pretty magical. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, and I also did want to mention one final thing. Um, in terms of numerology, Sam is a 33, and this is our 33rd episode. Oh my so we are just really excited to have her here. Aww. It is the most perfect timing. And as a 33, um, if you meet Sam in person, just know that she is here to awaken you to your highest intention because... 33 is an ascended master number associated with helping you learn truth. Mm. So we've got Sam here to teach us. On the oracles of ancient truth. That's what's wow. up. The synchronicities. Mm -hmm. You're the one who helped me start this podcast. Oh, oh yeah. Anyways. Magical. Well, I'm so proud of you guys. Weird. <laughs> nice. We made it. Episode 33. Yes. yes. Wow. <laughs> So I guess from this point, I would love to hear more about you, Sam, and what you do. Actually, I know I keep saying one last thing, but actually, one last thing. Sam has her North Node in Virgo, which means that while her son is in Pisces, the North Node is teaching her to find love in the sister sign and find her purpose in the sister sign. So Sam is here to basically heal the world through health and to be of service to advancing that health institution. So yeah, Sam, oh, what yes. are you interested in in the world? What have you done? What do you love? Just tell us more about you. Yes, wow. That, yeah, I remember hearing that for the first time and that just rang so true because health has always been something that has really, really lit me up like nothing else. Um, I absolutely am just so passionate about healthy living and healthy eating and spreading that word and sharing the knowledge and what I know about different modalities of healing. Um, I guess my journey really started when I started feeling unhealthy myself and I started to kind of look at the things in my life, starting with food, thinking you know, I never grew up, I grew up on standard American diet sort of thing. Yes. Like Big Macs every Tuesday, just unhealthy all the time. I mean, not to discredit my parents, I would eat healthy sometimes. You know, they did the best that they could. But it was never um, a part of my life or a part of my childhood to really focus on nourishing myself. So I came upon health when I started struggling with health problems of my own 
in high school. And I really started delving deep into what we put into our bodies literally becomes us. And I no longer want to put things in my body that are not fueling me and nourishing me to the highest degree. So once I got into that knowledge and I started really, really digging deep into food and what it can do for us, I could not stop. And it has been a total journey from now that was probably six years ago to where I am now. Um, But really, just the constant knowledge has not stopped since then. And I'm just so passionate about continuously learning more and, you know, how we can best fuel ourselves to show up in the world as our highest selves. And that's all I want to share with people. And I want to teach people how to do that themselves. So Mm -hmm. I find that nothing has really lit me up in life like sharing knowledge about how to live as your best self does. And I feel like once you find your dharma in that way, you know. Mm-hmm. Because I would try for so long to, to, you know, grasp on to the other things that maybe my friends were super into, like intense working out, like hit workouts and all of these other things, like different academic pursuits and different things in school, like people people who know their path right away. It's like I know that I'm meant to be a doctor or I know that I'm meant to work with kids and be a teacher. I never felt that spark for myself until I really started to see the change in my own energy and in who I was as a person when I started nourishing myself on a cellular level in every single way. So, yes. Wow. Wow. Mm. How have you seen a change in your mood and personality and the way you deal with things in life since you switched your lifestyle, I guess. Yeah. I mean, just a complete 180 of who I am as a person. And I guess I should get into the full story. So I really struggled throughout my life I think that it was probably my freshman year in high school, I struggled with anorexia, really hardcore. Mm. And it started with this constant control of food that I deemed as healthy, Mm -hmm. quote unquote. And then I kind of came out of that and I was like, whoa, okay, no, this is not for me. Like I need to start eating more. And then I was just putting just the total wrong things into my body. And then, like I said, my junior year of high school, I really started looking at, okay, like I'm not nourishing myself here. Like I need to start nourishing myself. So that's when I switched to plant-based eating. And that's when I started to kind of go down the rabbit hole of all of the different ways to just be healthy. And then I think that it's really easy, and I talk about this a lot, that once you struggle with an eating disorder like anorexia, it can turn into orthorexia, which is an obsession with healthy eating or clean eating. Mm -hmm. So I think that I struggled with that for a while, and that was 
kind of um, what I was experiencing when I was probably 19, 20. And it was, you know, what we would typically deem as healthy salads every day. And that's it. Like nothing beyond that. And eating in a way that's like, oh, this is healthy because everyone else has said that this is healthy, but this isn't actually making me feel good. So then I started to finally realize that I wasn't feeling good myself eating this way. Mm. And that's when I started to delve into Ayurveda and these different ancient modalities and these different herbs, these Chinese herbs and Ayurvedic medicine, which really, really resonated with me on a deep, deep level. And I remember I enrolled in an eight-week course um, about Ayurveda. And this is also around the time that I got my 200-hour yoga teacher training certification. So I really, really started for the first time, probably when I was about 20, 20, yeah, I was 20. Um, I started looking really deeply at, okay, like just because everyone is saying that this is healthy doesn't mean it's healthy for everyone. And what is my intuition telling me about my body? Because we are all so different. All of our body types are so different. We all have different constitutions. Mm -hmm. And when we really start to tap into, okay, what is it that I need? And what is it that will nourish me today based on maybe the current imbalances that I'm experiencing in my physical body or my emotional body? And looking at food as not just a physical thing, but an energetic frequency. And how is this going to nourish me in every single way and bring my body into a perfect balance? So yoga really taught me the energetics of food and eating and who I was coupled with that Ayurveda and then that kind of spiraled me down this whole new rabbit hole that I'm on of you know eating to support hormonal balance eating to nourish the physical body the emotional body and the spiritual body so that's where I am now and I'm constantly learning and constantly exploring new things but it has been a journey and I just want to send love and support to anyone who feels lost or struggles with the way that they eat because we've all been there, I think. And I know that I especially have, and it can get really confusing and scary, but the most important thing and the most beautiful relationship that you can develop with food and eating is when you look at it as a way of nourishment instead of a way of punishment. Mm. And so I speak a lot about that. Actually, I don't. I haven't shared my story. Exclusive story share of my <laughs> journey yes. right here. I have not shared that yet, Aww. actually. But um, I plan to in a more public way. And that's kind of where I, that's why I developed The Healthful Hippie, my Instagram platform that I have, because I want to be that light and that resource for people who feel kind of lost and feel overwhelmed and don't really know. So I offer the knowledge that I know and what I've learned and what I've gathered throughout the years. And of course, I'm no expert, but 
this is what's helped me and it lights me up so much to share it so yeah and you do a really good job on Instagram sharing recipes with people and like advice and stories that people can relate to and one thing I really love about you is that like you will never hear Sam say this food is good for everyone or I eat this food all the time or this is a staple because she truly believes that everything is like constantly in flow and everyone is completely different and therefore your diet should cater to your specific needs Mm -hmm. and you don't come across people with that kind of perspective often if ever and I don't know it's really supportive and really inspiring because there have even been times where like hanging out having family dinner and things that I've seen you eat so many times before I'm like hey do you want some of this and your willpower is so strong you're like hmm my body doesn't want it right now, so no thanks. Maybe tomorrow. And I'm like, how does she do it? Like, how? How? But you really just tune into your body. Yeah. And that's so inspiring. Yeah. we all should be doing that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and I want to note, too, that tuning into your body can look like having a day where you're just like, fuck it. Yeah. I want all the vegan junk food that I can get my hands on. Yeah. And that was me the other day. Like... I have found so much peace in not following any sort of program or stance and not taking anyone's opinion as dogma. And that's what I've really been focusing on lately. It's like, it's so easy to get so wrapped up in, oh my God, like I have to feed my energy body all the time. I have to eat a certain way. No, you can have a day where you're just like, literally, fuck everything. I want to have this like, vegan breakfast sandwich with all the cheesy tofu soy like (laughs) I don't even know what was in this sandwich that I ate the other day guys but I was just having a day and old (laughs) (laughs) and I ate so much chocolate and vegan donuts and old me who was like oh my gosh I need to eat healthy all the time (laughs) (laughs) My stance right now. I need to eat healthy all the time and clean all the time. And this orthorexia mindset of like, oh my God, if I eat this one thing, it's going to throw off my entire digestion and my energy and my aura is going to be out of line. I would have had a panic attack about that. Seriously. I would have had anxiety eating the food. I would have, I would have been so upset and mad at myself for quote unquote messing up. Or, you know, feeling like I had to start over. But I think that it's so much more about just listening to what you need and tuning in in that moment. And instead of eating something with anxiety and being like, oh my God, this is not properly food combined. This isn't going to digest well in my body. My body does not want this right now. And having this fear surrounding eating when you're eating that, it's sending the signal to your body and your cells Resist, resist, fight or flight mode. I'm not going to digest this properly. And you're not going to. Mm. But, and that's the same if you're even eating a salad. If you're eating it in fight or flight mode, then your body is not going to receive it well. Interesting. So that's not to bypass eating healthy in the slightest, but it's just to say, if you're having a time where you feel like you want to indulge or you feel as though 
something is right for you in that moment or you're just living life, that's okay. That's okay. Send yourself love and always send yourself that love and compassion and kindness. And I think that that's the most important thing when it comes to eating. So. Well, thank you for that. Would you mind talking more about Ayurveda and food combining for people who may have not heard of these things yet? Absolutely. Cool. Yes. So Ayurveda is a beautiful, beautiful, ancient practice, way of eating, and it comes from India. And it's really about highlighting the fact that everyone is different and everyone has a different dosha or constitution. So there's vata, pitta, and kapha. And we have all of these different doshas and constitutions within us. Um, And we are in constant flow and flux about what imbalances that we have and what we need to bring more of into our lives. And so I did that eight-week course at Yogan High in Columbus, if anyone is from Columbus and has ever heard of that. Um, and it was really just about how to eat for your dosha, how to live for your dosha, and how to just nourish yourself overall when it comes to your constitution and your specific way of life. So I know that I am a very vata person (laughs) and we talk about this a lot. I think we all are. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, Ayurveda is so deep and it goes so much deeper than just this surface level of speaking about it. But the physical constitution of vata is a person who tend towards more drier, dry skin. So it's the qualities of air and ether. So if you think about that, like what the qualities of air and ether, how that would show up as who you are as a person. Mm. So, you know, it's more dry, it's more airy. It's somebody who's um, maybe has like a slender, more slender body type, like thinner skin, more sharp features. Um or more slender features, I should say. And vatas, in a way, the way that they are can be very airy and dreamy and creative and kind of floaty and all over the place, you know? (laughs) And that's definitely who I am, my Pisces self. But yeah, vatas, you know, vatas aren't meant to be eating these raw, cold salads all the time. And vatas might tend towards anxiety when they eat this way because it's adding more air to your body when you're eating that way and um, more bloating and gas and constipation. So vatas need more of the grounding, more of the nourishing quality, which comes more from kapha. So kapha is earth and water. So if you think about more kapha type of foods would be grounding foods like sweet potatoes and nourishing things like sweeter dates or anything that would kind of bring you more back to earth and ground you. So on an energetic level, you can kind of play with those different things and look at, okay, what imbalances am I having right now? So even if you are a vata person who's this more airy person, you can have a pitta imbalance. So a pitta imbalance, pitta is the quality of earth and fire. So an imbalance in pitta might look like you're more hot 
and you tend towards acid reflux or um, you're having digestive issues that are more like fiery, like diarrhea type of thing. Anger, yeah, like sweat and um, any skin conditions like eczema or acne. And it's like if you're having a pitta imbalance, then you would need to add more cooling foods and things that nourish and put out that fire. So Ayurveda is so beautiful because it's this constant checking in with yourself. And that's what I look at it as. And that's kind of what Kate is speaking to when she's saying that you're never eating the same way. It's because we are multidimensional as humans, of course. Like everything is constantly in flow and flux. And it's always about tapping into yourself and the energy of the day and saying, what do I need? What is the imbalance that I'm currently facing? And how can I bring myself more into homeostasis? And food combining is something that also kind of goes along with the same thing. And I talk more about food combining on my Instagram. If you guys want to follow me, little plug at the healthful hippie. <laughs> but food combining is also a way of eating that is all about optimal digestion. And it's kind of based on this principle that we digest different foods at different rates. So that's namely starches, proteins, and fruits. So food combining talks about how you can eat food that is in a certain sequential order in the day and that is paired a certain way so that you experience your optimal state basically of digestion, energy, stamina, everything. And you guys, it has helped me so much. And of course I'm not perfect. And I don't try to be all the time. Like sometimes I just let loose. But when I really do follow it, it just, it helps me immensely because as a Vata person, I do tend towards bloating and I really have those more airy qualities. And when I really focus on eating in a certain way that I know is so helpful for me in the current thing that I'm facing, it helps me so immensely. So couldn't recommend it more. Um, one of my favorite resources for it is this woman who has a platform and website, Bonberry. It's B-O-N-B-E-R-I. And a lot of my information about it, I get from her. And I, again, speak a lot about it and my knowledge about it on my Instagram. So check it out. Word. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you um, I have so many questions for you. Kate, do you have one before I um, jump in? Go for it. Okay. You go for it. Okay. So I was going to ask you about your current fascinations and your general interests, but I think you kind of mentioned those both. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like a current fascination of yours would be the food combining, long-term interests, definitely Ayurveda. What are some other current fascinations that you have? Not just with food and health. Yes. Wow. Well, one of them that I didn't mention yet is tonics. <laughs> oh my god. I am obsessed. You're like, you're like literally health mermaid. <laughs> I have so many things. So I'm obsessed with adaptogens. And I was kind of mentioning this before with the um, Chinese medicine and Chinese herbs and Ayurvedic herbs. So I'll just touch upon this quickly. But... I make something that's in my ritual that has literally changed my life 
in terms of health and nourishing myself is tonics and implementing these ancient herbs that have helped support our adrenals and nourish our bodies and boost our brain power and stamina for literally centuries. And I feel like I have past life worked with these so much because nothing lights my fire more than this. Like I could talk about this forever, but I am coming out with a tonic ebook. Yes. Um, in about a week or so from probably it might be out by the time this podcast comes out. Wow. And, um, it kind of just runs through how to use adaptogens in your everyday life and different delicious, nourishing, yummy tonic recipes. So tonics are like these warm, nourishing, creamy, vegan, plant-based drinks that incorporate these herbs in just the most yummy way. And you can start your morning like this every morning. So that is something that's really lighting my fire. And when I have these tonics, I can like just be my optimal self and just the best human I can be all day. So that is something. And then another thing is really stepping into who I am more in an unapologetic way. Because I feel like for so long, I've cared so much about what people think. And that is something that, I mean, you even read in my chart. Mm -hmm. And I feel as though I suppressed myself for a while and didn't step into my fullest potential for the longest time. And I am so ready to take on that responsibility. Yeah, girl. Yeah. Yeah. So relate. Right? Like we are, I feel so inspired by both of you because you Mm. guys both just... You're expanders for me, 100%. Oh, wow. Like, to just... And it, it's so inspiring to be surrounded by people in your circle who are doing the same shit. Mm-hmm. Who, are, who are just shedding all of the doubt and shedding all of the limiting beliefs and just saying, yo, this is who I am. This is what I'm passionate about. If you don't like my message... That's okay. Mm-hmm. No one has to follow you if they don't like what you have to say. Nope. And for so long, that stopped me because I, I wanted to be liked so badly by everyone. And I would stay small and I would try to fit into this mold of who I thought that I should be. And stepping into who I am and who I want to be and my highest self... And making that commitment every single day is what is inspiring me to the fullest. That's so beautiful. It is a constant process, but yeah, I find that my morning routine is something that helps me fight those nasties away because they come up every day. Mm-hmm. Yes. But yeah, my morning routine is something that helps me to get in gear and wipe those off my slate from the start. And you mentioned something about your morning rituals and routines, that tonics are important to them, but is there anything else that is part of your morning ritual that you would like to share? Because I'm always so curious about people's morning and evening rituals. Yes, I am too. I love love hearing about it. Um, And it's so funny. I want to speak to you more about this, but... 
um, in human design, you can tell by your chart if you're meant to be somebody who's consistent or somebody who thrives more being inconsistent. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So I found about myself that I am somebody who thrives more being consistent. And it's very interesting because (laughs) Virgo North Node, Mm -hmm. I struggle really a lot with being a consistent person. And the further away you are from your North Node, the more dis-ease you're going to feel. Yeah. And the more, un, you know, the more difficulty you're going to find in your life. Wow. And Virgo is consistent, you know, so... And that's the furthest it could possibly be away. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So I... When I'm a consistent person with my morning routine, I show up in this world as my best, highest self. And the morning routine that just makes me so lit up has been ecstatic breath work Mm. and it's something that I have to say and be honest is really really hard to show up for every day because it's a lot Mm. and a lot comes up yeah like literally it is so wild the experiences that I've had in this ecstatic breath work it's so I learned this technique at Wanderlust that I've been doing Wonderlust is this beautiful <laughs> festival that I was granted just this this gift from Sam actually. Sam won tickets to Wonderlust and ended up giving them to our other friend and I and we went and um we learned under this teacher Scott Schwenk this breathwork technique that is kundalini based and really brings up a lot of shit and stored energy so i've been doing this ecstatic breath work in the morning just to start my morning um and i do it for no set time i don't put a time on myself and it's a three-part breath it's open mouth in twice out one in twice out one And you're laying down for this and you can't have anything um, propped up by your head because you have to let energy flow, just completely flow throughout your body. And when you are doing this breath work, I am telling you guys, it a lot releases from you. Like stagnant energy that you had no idea was there. I sweat, like dripping sweat. My face is like... I wish you guys could see my face. It's like coiled up and my hands are like pterodactyl hands and I'm just like... (laughs) I laugh so hard at this. I am just literally releasing and my teacher, Scott, said that this is completely normal to tense up like this and I'm literally sweating even talking about this. Like this just shows how powerful it is because... and. It, it's just, it's so intense. And he said that when you are tensing up like this, this is stagnant energy leaving your body. And he said that when he first started doing this breath, for eight months, he was getting pterodactyl hands and this was happening to him. And then it stopped. Hmm. Because when you show up for it every single day, you are clearing your energy. 
and you are clearing your chakras you are cleansing your chakras and you are literally aligning your energy meridians so that you are a clear vessel and that nothing is obstructing your aura wow and so i do this breath and a lot of the time i i have to allot myself probably an hour when i am doing this work um because you're kind of frozen for a bit and then after that i will usually do a card pull and i really love using my animal spirit deck and just kind of asking the deck what is the energy of today what am i going to face today and what is it that i need to embody more what is it that i'm going to learn and i always find that it's just so strikingly accurate it's scary and after that i love to journal and sit outside i make my tonic and i sit outside with my tonic and i journal and i just let whatever comes just flow and sometimes it's poetry and sometimes it's something that i needed to get out and i didn't even realize i needed to get out and it was kind of loosened up in the breath work or the morning ritual um and then i i like i am somebody who also so projectors in human design really do well with um giving themselves ample time in the morning to just kind of ease into their day And so when I can do that, I can show up as my best self. So I'm so grateful that I'm able to do that at this phase in my life right now and really focus on and what makes me show up in the world how I want. Um yeah, so that's really my optimal morning routine. Question. Yeah, do you wake up and roll right out of bed to breath work or do you how soon do you get to your ritual? So I wake up and I like to tongue scrape, which is an ayurvedic practice um which kind of like removes all the toxins. And I take my vitamins and I drink lemon water and then I sit. Okay. And I kind of will wait for my cat to join me. <laughs> because she likes to soak in my energy when I'm doing this and literally wants to touch me and lay right next to me every time. And then, you know, after I come out of that, make my tonic, go sit outside, journal, and then make a smoothie, whatever breakfast I'm having and then kind of go about the rest of my day. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I love that. That's so beautiful. Mm. Thank you for sharing your ritual with us. Of course. Yeah, that was one of my questions too. Yeah. Yeah, it's so fascinating to learn that. Do you have any evening rituals or is it just morning for you? Evening tends to be a little bit more in- inconsistent for me. Um I do really love doing guided meditations in the evening. So, I always talk about this app called Insight Timer, which has helped me so much. Oh my god, I could not recommend this app more. It is free and there's just a plethora of beautiful guided meditations that really really help you to unwind or even if you don't really resonate with any practice in the morning you can do a morning meditation and some of my favorite people to listen to before bed or even in the morning or throughout the day when i need more grounding 
are Sarah Blondin on Insight Timer, David G. He's dope. Uh, Jason McGee has a beautiful morning meditation, a gratitude practice. Um, who is the other one? Oh, Alexandra Roxo, who is like our girl. She is all about feminine embodiment and one of my huge expanders, somebody who I really look up to because I just, I love everything that has to do with feminine embodiment and femininity and divine goddessness. She is a badass bitch and she has a breathwork practice on Insight Timer that is free. So I highly recommend that if you just want to ease into breathwork and she does a lot of kundalini awakening, ecstatic breath. Um, definitely start there. Mm. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. Maybe we should talk about feminine... I was just going to... Embodiment. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So when I think about feminine embodiment, I think of living like a goddess. So I just want to ask both of you, all of us potentially, mm-hmm. what does living like a goddess mean to you? And then what does being a goddess mean to you? Hmm, I love this. Living like a goddess means that you do not let anyone fuck with your flow. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, yeah. You are just unapologetically yourself. And you step into your power. There is no paying small. There is no dulling your light to make other people feel comfortable. And there is no holding back on your truth or changing yourself in any situation. And I feel as though this is really hard for people who think of themselves as people pleasers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And um, anyone can be a goddess. Mm -hmm. This is not just an exclusive thing for women. No. (laughs) It's simply about stepping into your power. And we all have this duality of goddess and God and all of the different things in us. And I think that for me, too... Being a goddess in a feminine sense is about balancing these energies and being a boss when I know that I need to and then softening when I know that I need to Mm -hmm. as well. And more of the feminine qualities of that are, you know, surrendering and being compassionate towards yourself and being nurturing towards yourself and knowing what you need. And so I think that being a goddess and stepping into your goddessness is twofold. It's like there is the time to be a a boss ass bitch and really like hone in on this pitta, fire, get shit done, step into that, speak your truth, type of energy like really step in and create and then there's the other sense of softening and nurturing your vessel and 
drinking nourishing herbs and nesting and creating your home and resting and softening and practicing yoga in a more gentle way like just the yin and the yang and it's all about this this balance so for me it's it's a lot about balancing that because I think that I am a very feminine person on the more side of uh, nurturing and gentle soft and stepping into this like pitta energy has made me feel like a goddess in a whole new way that's what's up yeah i so see that in you like this process happening and i also really relate to what you're saying mm-hmm. kate what about you i'm just like activated as fuck by everything that just came out of your mouth i'm like <laughs> mm. My crown chakra is cold. I had to untwist my legs because my feet were vibrating. It's no big deal. Yes. (laughs) I agree with everything that you said. And when I initially think about what does it mean to be a goddess, for me, it makes me think about, hmm, what kinds of days make me feel like a goddess the most? And what do I do during those days? And it comes down to how I take care of myself. Mm -hmm. Like, have I fed myself nurturing nourishing meals throughout the day that my body is telling me that it needs Mm -hmm. that I'm not listening to what society or anyone else is telling me have I checked in with my energetic state and my emotional state and showed myself some self-love today um what kind of energy do I bring to the table today do I need to have a self-love day with like ritual and baths and isolation or am I feeling that pit of fiery like I can get some shit done today Mm -hmm. and I truly just feel like it's about tuning into your needs and honoring what your body is telling you it needs because then you can become a goddess for the rest of the world but first you have to be a goddess to yourself (laughs) like you have to treat yourself like the goddess that you are And then you will be able to reflect that to the world and encourage and inspire other people to be goddesses. But you have to start with yourself. And I learned that lesson the hard way. Yes. What about you? I struggle with this. Living like a goddess to me is something that I've fought for a long time, mostly because I identify as a genderqueer person. I feel predominantly gender neutral. And I'm currently working through what if that comes from past life, what if that comes from my soul's like home planet, mm. but I struggle with this. Feminine embodiment, I'm weird about it, but better than I have been in a long time. So being a goddess these days, to me, I have a tendency to get too in my head about it, and I know a lot about mythology, so I'm like, okay, goddesses have been pretty shitty though. Hmm. like goddesses have wrath goddesses have the will to destroy goddesses have lust goddesses have you know they're just not perfect like we sometimes think goddesses are so when I think about what it means to be a goddess I can get in my head about it too much because really what I feel like it means as I embrace the goddess in myself more and more is just about being a firm embodiment of femininity, not the wounded version, mm. the strong version. 
like how you said, there's a pitta side to femininity, Sam. I so relate to that because it's like, I think I've been stuck thinking of goddesses the wrong way. Mm. And now I realize that goddesses have power and use it in the right ways. Like it's, it's about seeing power and using it for love or for nourishment mm. or for giving direction to suggest rather than to demand. But also, it's like being soft and strong and being vulnerable but firm. Yes. And I like those contradictions. I like that, how it seems like it can't happen, but it's like, of course it can, that type of thing. So when I think, yeah, when I think about being a goddess these days, I try to tell myself that I can be that goddess because that's where I am with this. And then I try and just remind myself that being soft and vulnerable is not bad because that's also where I am with this. And that if I'm too strong and too assertive, then I can't receive. Mm. So it's mm. just about reminding myself that the goddess energy is essential to be able to receive. Yes. And to be open is not a scary thing. And that I don't have to be guarded if I'm open. So like I'm really working through this, but yeah. I like what you were saying too, Kate, about how when you look back on days that made you feel like a goddess, you're like, why? What did it provide for me? Like, was I nourishing myself? Was I loving myself? Mm. That helps me with what I'm processing because I'm looking back now on days when I've really felt like a goddess and they, I think they're just days when a lot of them are in the past. Days when I didn't think too hard. Days mm. when I just enjoyed what was happening mm-hmm. and just like especially would like go to there was this thing that I loved to go to when I when it existed when I was younger there was this fairy festival really close to my hometown and everyone would just there were amazing vendors and people were just so kind and you just like go dressed up as a fairy and enjoy yourself wow like those times just saw a groundhog outside oh those times make me feel like a goddess because there was just like freedom complete lack of restriction and fear Mm. being able to be vulnerable and so yeah I just I'm learning in this moment that I can bring that energy into now and it can incorporate itself into how I try to embody femininity today so Mm. thank you for helping me realize this but also wow I'm obviously not (laughs) completely through it because I'm babbling but yeah living like a goddess it means a lot to me yeah I just don't know where I fit in with it yet. Yeah. Something, like, my mind is fucking blown about something right now that you guys just helped me piece together. Like, days that we, not days that we feel like goddesses, but when we embody being a goddess and we embody that, like, fiery pitta energy, pitta and fire are both masculine, Mm-hmm. And it's like we are actually balancing the masculine energy within our bodies, which by stepping into that allows us to step into being more goddess-like. It's mm-hmm. like a contradiction. And then you just said that the days where you didn't have to really do anything or think, aka the days where you got soft. Mm-hmm. 
like Sam and I need to get more hard and fiery and you need to get more soft and you resonate with neither energies really Mm -hmm. more masculine energies we resonate with more feminine energies and it's like actually being a goddess is about coming into full balance with the divine masculine and feminine energies within your body Mm -hmm. fuck yeah which is why not everyone resonates with this being a goddess you can be Mm -hmm. a goddess in your own totally different way than the goddess Mm -hmm. next to you Mm -hmm. i love that because the energy that you already are naturally is different than the person next to you and you have to do something different to balance yourself out so true it's like the biggest fucking mind-blown contradiction by being more masculine we are more feminine yeah yeah there's so many different goddesses out there it's like you're that's another thing that helps me live like a goddess is to because I know all this mythology I feel like in different stages of my life I relate to different goddesses Mm -hmm. and what you two are saying shows me that you might relate to Callie right now so I was gonna bring her up (laughs) (laughs) tongue out spitting fire ready to fight ready to see things be destroyed whereas I'm like trying to embody poverty poverty right now Mm. and just be the like love and nurture and compassion version of divine feminine wow so it's so different and it's like you already so are Kali yeah you already are Kali and we're already Parvati yes. Yes. <laughs> oh wow. my god yeah and what I have found literally just to be life-changing is to witness goddesses not from mythology but from our current day and age, 21st mm-hmm. century goddesses mm-hmm. <laughs> and witnessing all different kinds of these goddesses um, in the sense of, you know, listening to podcasts and following different people on Instagram or following people's blogs. It's like when you're witnessing these people, you're sending the signal to your mirror neurons that you can do this as well and that you can embody mm. this as well. So following people who inspire you and who are all different, like different goddesses in different ways who have different energies will help you step into who you want to be. And you can sample from all different people and kind of form, you know, your own goddessness Mm -hmm. and your own embodiment of your goddess self. Yeah. And the one thing in common with all those people that we see on Instagram and whatever is that they're all doing their own damn fucking thing. They're not letting anybody fuck with their exactly. flow. Just like you said. Yes. They're mm. doing their own goddess thing. Yeah. And all of them are different. And that's, <laughs> yeah. And that's, we are all so different and we all show up in the world in a different way. And it's like, it's not about being like anyone else or copying anyone else it's just about you know witnessing different people speaking their truth and different people in their power as they are yes like someone else being in their power can light you up to be in your power even though neither of you have the same passion Mm -hmm. at all 100 percent. yeah we just had prime lesson of that right before we recorded this podcast we did but we're going to go into episode two because we have a lot more to talk about. So we will see you guys there. Thanks for listening. Much love. <laughs> Stay tuned.